The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Voice America welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now, here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, everybody. I mentioned on Twitter this morning that in Southern California, we're the only place that fire and burning can be a part of our weather description. Some people have rain, some people have hurricanes, some people have sunshine, and we have fire. So it's not good in Santa Barbara, and um, that's so all of my curious listeners from all over the world can hear what's going on. But today we're talking about a, something a little bit closer to all of our homes all over the country, all over the world, and um, we're talking to, we're, I'm really, really glad to have Meyer Sankery. Welcome, Meyer. Hello, good morning. Nice to be with you, Cindy. It's great to have you, and we we talked quite a bit yesterday about what you do, and it's really fascinating. And, you know, we talked about arbitration to mediation to disputes resolution and the fact that you are an, you know, an experienced lawyer married with sociology and anthropology and all of that kind of stuff, um, and you are really a key player in working with families and being appointed by courts in resolving matters, particularly when it comes to um, degenerative diseases or not even degenerative, but things that the elderly face with their families when, you know, they're not really as in touch anymore as they might once have been. Is that accurate? Yes, that's uh, that's a pretty accurate description, Cindy. What I do is I'm in the field of uh, mediating disputes uh, that means that we try to resolve disputes with parties uh, coming to the table and trying to agree on a way to solve the problem as opposed to continuing to fight a, uh, one another by go- hiring lawyers and going to court. So we have a much better approach to solving problems today because uh, the field of mediation has grown and become more sophisticated over the past 20 to 25 years. Uh, before that time, as you know, the key way that people went to uh, to get their cases resolved or disputes resolved is they would immediately hire an attorney and head on to court. And uh, we know how expensive that is. Even when I first started practicing law, which goes back over 40 years ago, uh, I graduated from Harvard Law School and was one of these young whippersnappers ready to go out and fight the world. And we thought the only way to solve problems is to you know, figure out how to win in court. Everything was toward a win-lose situation. We were hired guns, so to speak. It was an outcome of the British system, as you know. Uh, you hired a, um, a knight or somebody to go out and fight your battles for you, 
and the illegal system <laughs> evolved out of that. That's well said. You know, you bring up Brits, you bring up tort, and we sometimes forget that our whole legal system is really built upon that. So that's right. And so, so basically, our mindset uh, up till recently, even, was uh, the only way you could resolve a dispute was to actually go into court uh, and have a judge uh, determine the outcome, impose the outcome on the parties, uh, depending on the facts presented by the attorney. So it became a game. It's really uh, a one of gamemanship who could have the most power and the resources to fight each other. And many people, I'm sure, around the world have been involved in many very costly lawsuits. And we found that uh, over the years this, this has not been working well because the cost of litigation is constantly increasing. Even the, um, the, the system called arbitration, uh, which paralleled uh, the legal system, uh, also has become very, very costly uh, because uh, people have to spend a lot of money with attorneys. They generally can't do it themselves. The, the, the outcome uh, of these arbitrations can be very severe. Let me give you an example. An arbitration is a procedure by which the parties who have agreed to appoint a single arbitrator to hear the dispute, to hear the facts, and the case is presented to them very similarly as you would present it to a judge. In fact, many arbitrators are retired judges. And so the parties have to hire attorneys. They pay a very, very high fee for um, administration. For example, AAA, uh, which is the American Arbitration Association, became very, very successful and very wealthy by, fi- by charging very, very costly fees to get started. Uh, it was the uh, hope of arbitration that it would be much less costly to the parties because they wouldn't have to go through the formal uh, processes of a court system where the rules of evidence and the procedures for producing documents uh, are very formalistic, and then also you have a jury trial in, a, um, in, a tr- in, a, in the court, whereas in arbitration you only have uh, a single or more than one. There might sometimes be two or three arbitrators. And the same system is that you present the facts and the law to an arbitrator. And at the end of the uh, proceedings, the arbitrator makes a decision and imposes the outcome on the parties. So there's a winner and a loser. The problem with arbitration is that once an arbitrator makes a decision, there is no grounds for appeal other than if you can prove that the arbitrator uh, basically was in the pocket of, of one of the parties and the other side didn't know about it. There are very, very few grounds for uh, appealing a decision of an arbitrator. Listen, it sounds to me so far, just to give a simple translation to some of the listeners that might not be familiar with, you know, the, as familiar with the legal system as, you know, you might think, it really sounds to me like you are taking a lead or you are a pioneer in recreating some of the ways that disputes are resolved. There's an evolution going on here, and you're a part of it. That's right. There, there is a big change, that uh, a mindset that has uh, gone on for the past 25 years. In fact, one of my professors at Harvard, uh, Professor Sanders, was the one who said there ought to be multiple doors in the courthouse where you can select what, method of solving disputes would be best for you. For example, if you come into the courthouse, if you want to go to a judge and you feel that's the only place where you can get a, a decision, well, then you choose the door with, that says judge, and you know what the rules are. 
If you want an arbitrator and you feel that that's better and there's a less formal system of presenting evidence, that's another place. The other uh, alternative, and the reason we call this alternative dispute resolution, is that the alternative that many people are choosing today and where I'm uh, working very hard as one of the leaders in this field, and that is the mediation. Uh, and mediation is a lot of people say, oh, you're a... Um, uh, you do meditation. And I said, no, no, that's close. That's not quite, that's not quite it. Change a few of the letters of what you do. mediation. <laughs> and, um, in fact, some, some mediators are very good in meditation. They, they use that to calm themselves and to prepare themselves for, for the mediation. Uh, but mediation is the following. It's a different, totally different mindset. What it is is that parties either by themselves, they don't have to have an attorney, or with an attorney, or a friend, or a representative, the parties choose someone who is a, whom they think is a fair-minded, impartial listener, and who is experienced and has knowledge about how people negotiate. It's very important that the um, mediator master the skills of the process of how parties come to agreement voluntarily. So the hallmark of mediation is that it is a totally voluntary. Nobody compels the parties to come. They have to agree to an impartial, neutral third party to listen to their dispute. And the process is totally voluntary and self-determination. In other words, the parties can decide for themselves the outcome. And it doesn't even have to follow the rules of law. In other words, in many cases, for example, I work... Uh, mostly in probate and estates and business law, sometimes the laws are very harsh and they produce very, very bad results because that's the way the legislature designed the cases for you know millions of uh, cases that might come before it. But it doesn't fit the particular case and needs of the parties. And so in the mediation, if the parties resolve to find a compromise that differs from the law, well, that that compromise is the outcome. The parties have to come to a voluntary agreement. Nobody is forced to sign any document or to come to any agreement unless they want to. So that's the beauty of it. People feel empowered. That's the point of the mediation process. People feel empowered. They can negotiate the deal that they feel is best for them. And when they do sign an agreement, and that's the way these um, mediations and the parties signed a written agreement, and that becomes the binding solution to resolve the dispute. And it's beautiful because it didn't take place in a court sort of atmosphere or this, you know, mafia approach to sign here, you're going to be in trouble or we're going to sue you for more. It's, uh, you know, it's very, very win-win to everybody. And then, of course, it's, um, it's sanctioned, yes. you know, and recognized by the legal system as it exists today. Right, and um, I like to say that uh, here, here are five uh, hallmarks. First of all, it's, it's an impartial, neutral listener who is an expert in negotiation. That's a very new and developing field. Uh, it's almost become scientific to understand some of the rules of negotiation, the, the strategies of how you get people to agree to one to to um, to a deal. Um, so. It's an impartial. It's generally very successful. My uh, settlement rates uh, exceed 90% of the cases I listen to uh, get settled. It 
usually is very timely. The parties don't have to wait a long time to get to a hearing date. Uh, we can set up a mediation within uh, days or weeks. Uh, we'll even work on a weekend. We're, we're very accommodating to help people. On one, in one case, uh, there was a dispute over mother's conservatorship. That is, uh, one of the children was seeking to put um, to, to have their mother uh, placed uh, under a conservatorship because she became ill and disabled. And there were nine children involved in this dispute. <laughs> and uh, lawsuits had been filed in, in different states. And um, uh, the only time the parties could get together because they were in different states was on the weekend. So I drove up to Ventura County and spent the weekend helping these uh, various children sort out the dispute uh, about their mother. And... Um, uh, obviously, the other problems are that uh, there's a lot of anger and hostility when there are disputes. Uh, people are very upset with each other. They feel betrayed. They feel like the other side has done something wrong. And what we try to do in mediation is calm those uh, uh, the anger and fear that people generally have when they have a dispute. Yeah, yes. no, well, listen, we have to. I know you were going to talk about the five points, but we have, we're coming to the end of this segment, so we're going to have to pick it up again. Okay. After the commercial, we have about another minute left, so I just want to remind everybody that, um, that we are talking to a very prestigious Harvard graduate, <laughs> Meyer Sankery, um, Esquire, and um, very, very um, advanced and revolutionary in his disputes resolution techniques, so I hope that you'll join us. You could ask me questions on Twitter through C. Rakowitz or at C. Rakowitz, and we'll try to answer some questions. But right now, just stay tuned. We'll come back to the five points of you know, discovery and, re- and resolution after this commercial break. So stand by. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. 
When you think about change in your life, do you think about yourself? How does that translate to growth in your business? The change we want to see in our business starts with ourselves as leaders and the impact we can make. Join host Linnea Hagen on a terrific journey that takes you from motivation to inspiration. Every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time, listen for Abundance Leadership right here on the Voice America Business Network. Abundance Leadership. Grow your business. Grow yourself. Looking for a good time? We've got a show that will give you a wild ride. This show will make you feel good. And it's not even bad for you. You need your time to let loose. It's time for a feel-good party. Pull up to the computer, mix yourself a drink, and turn up the speakers. Happy Hour is here. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, it's called the biggest radio show in the world. Hosted by international personality and pundit, Michael DeMarco. You don't know what's coming next. The biggest radio show in the world on Voice America. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in at 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back with Mayor Sankari. Thank you for staying with us. I want to just revisit for those who are just joining us that we are talking to a very prestigious lawyer who has a lot of, who is pioneering a new field of, law and arbitration, and that's in dispute resolution, and if you didn't hear the first segment, please be sure to download the show in its entirety through the archives of voiceamerica.com, because it's very interesting, and I have a feeling that it could be very, very helpful to a lot of people out there who are dealing with issues where they don't want to pay for very, very expensive attorneys. Am I right? That's correct. It's a much better... In fact, one of the uh, I was talking about the five uh, aspects of uh, mediation. Uh, one of which is that it is much less costly. It's much more affordable. Parties can um, basically come in without attorneys, and the impartial mediator, uh, depending on their level of skill, might charge anywhere from um, some are uh, as inexpensive as a hundred dollars an hour to uh, some very very sophisticated. Um, Judges uh, who are retired and mediators and very accomplished mediators charge four, five hundred, six hundred dollars an hour. But generally, you will find that uh, a case that's been pending in trial or with lawyers that has cost tens of thousands of dollars can actually be settled in one day's time or even a few hours' time. I've settled a number of cases in a half a day, so the parties maybe spend twelve hundred dollars each, and they've finish the case, and they've ended uh, what has been a whole period of time in their life, which has uh, consumed them emotionally and their time uh, away from their business and other activities, and they've been able to solve the dispute uh, in a very short time. So, as I was saying, the, some of the key marks are that it's successful. We get a very high rate of settlement on most cases. Um, it's very timely. You can pick your mediator and go to a mediation within days or weeks. Uh, it's very affordable, as I said. The parties split the cost generally. Um, and uh, next is it's private, that uh, 
there's no public um, trial. It's also confidential. It means that a parties sign an agreement that say that anything that is said in the in the mediation is totally confidential. It cannot be used in any further proceeding. It's when, locked. What's that? It's locked. It's locked exactly. <laughs> uh, no documents can be used. No words can be spoken. So if you make a mistake in saying something you didn't intend to say, it can't be used against you. And it, what this does, it promotes a lot of honesty, a lot of open thinking. It, it allows people to think outside the box. Uh, the other interesting uh, method, and let me just give you the, fa- uh, the final one, I like to say that a big plus factor is that it reduces the stress that is attendant to all litigation. Uh, I have been a litigator for, as I said, almost 40 years, and I know the stress that I have as a lawyer, and, and there's no lawyer who can say that they're not stressed when they take a case to trial. Uh, because it is, you know, it's a win-lose situation, uh, and the outcome of the trial before a judge is unknown. One of the keystones about litigation, the dirty secret, and I'm going to tell everybody if everybody's listening, but it's a secret. Remember this: when you go to litigation or to trial, it's a roll of the dice. In fact, we had a uh, one of the prominent judges in town lecture to um, a group of mediators, and they pointed out that a decision by a judge is like going to Vegas and putting your money down on a crapshoot because you can never tell what a judge might rule. Even though the judge is supposed to follow, quote, the law, there's so much interpretation of what the law is, and there's so much room for interpreting the facts to uh, reach an outcome that it really depends on the attitude of the judge at that moment. That's so well, the other thing I just want to add, and then I'll allow you to continue with, you know, with the points, um, is that even if you hire a lawyer or a litigator that's very well known for having an admired reputation with judges, um, these days, you know, you just never know when you get a wild card either. I mean, right. you, could, you could pay somebody $600 an hour because you know that the judges really respect this particular litigator, mm-hmm. but you never, never know when these regular judges might have to be absent for one reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, yeah, you know, a lot of people feel, well, they, you know, they hire a lawyer because he knows the judge. Well, that doesn't necessarily get you anywhere because sometimes judges are harsher on, on the attorneys they know than those they don't know. Oh, that's so, true. But those wild card, you know, the the absentee issues when you have like somebody that is new to the system, and you have this rapport, and a and a confident litigator goes in there thinking they're going to win because they're overly confident. That doesn't happen, and then the money increases again because then you have to file a motion to revisit and appeal, and it's just a mess. Oh yeah, yeah. These cases can. I've had cases where parties have literally come in. In fact, one I did just a. A few weeks ago, um, where the parties had, on one side, had run up six hundred thousand dollars in legal fees over a period of about uh, two years, uh, on just one side of the case. This was a probate. This was a, a dispute over the father's uh, uh, estate planning documents, and uh, one daughter felt that she was entitled to to uh, her inheritance now and had hired an attorney, and the legal fees were $600,000. And on the other side, they had run up uh, two other sets of lawyers uh, amounting to about another 600000 So 
<laughs> the parties had already spent over a million dollars in legal fees yeah. when they came to me. And uh, it took about 12 hours. This was a very difficult uh, case. But in 12 hours, uh, the case was settled. And uh, all legal fees stopped at that point. So you see, the, the and let me say that it was a very stressful case because the parties, uh, the uh, one daughter was suing her mother and the sister, and uh, it was it was just destroying the family. Uh, and so one of the other hallmarks of mediation is that it is less stressful. And the way I make it less stressful is the mediator. These mediations do not require that the parties have to be sitting in the same room together. So think about this. People who have very hostile attitudes and really very emotional um, uh, disputes with uh, their brother or their sister, when they come into a courtroom, they are seething. You can just see the steam just pouring out of their ears. Uh, they're ready to do battle, and uh, it creates such stress on individuals. Whereas when they come to a mediation, the way I start a mediation is, and I've learned this over many, many years of doing it, is I put them in separate rooms. They don't even sit in a lobby together. They go straight to a private room and where I have an opportunity to talk with them separately. And sometimes, believe it or not, Cindy, they never go in the same room together the entire day, and they end up with a settlement at the end of the day because I shuffle back and forth. Uh, listen, yeah, you commute between rooms. Right. <laughs> I learned this, by the way. I, uh, when I was in law school, I actually worked for Henry Kissinger, who has made this uh, subtle diplomacy famous. <laughs> so Perfect. I, I, I worked with one of the, the great uh, di- diplomats of, uh, of our age, is, uh, Henry Kissinger, when I was at Harvard Law School. I think that's fascinating. Did we get through? I think we only got through three of the points. Well, let me, let me go over them. First, it's very successful. The high rate of settlement is, uh, it, it depends on the mediator. Make sure you pick a mediator who's experienced, who's knowledgeable, and uh, knows, <clears throat> knows the field of area that you're working in. For example, employment law, you want somebody who knows something about employment cases, uh, contract law. Um, I specialize in the probate in the states, and I'll, I'll explain that in just a moment with elder law being a, a new developing area that's very, very important. So anyway, you need a mediator, and if you pick a good mediator, you're going to have a very high rate. Almost 9 out of 10 cases get settled, so it's successful. Two, the timeliness. In other words, if you've got a dispute that's hanging around, you want the earlier you can get in to uh, solve your case, uh, you can set up a mediation early, and you don't have to wait for long trial dates, uh, which is another big problem in court. Uh, many people have to wait years to get to a hearing date. Uh, thirdly, you, it's affordable. You're going to spend a few thousand dollars split by the parties. Uh, fourthly, it's private and nobody, it's confidential. Nobody um, knows about it, so you can be more open and free with the discussion. And finally, it's going to reduce the emotional stress and relieve you of the tensions that a trial always causes for people. And one of the things I studied is the effect of stress on individuals in litigation, you know that it does shorten your life because uh, the stress that is put on your arteries, your veins, your, uh, your brain cells, it deteriorates your whole body by going through litigation. People have suffered terribly uh, by the litigation process. And some uh, litigants who are really angry and hostile use that, and they know that the other side will capitulate because they can't take the stress of going to trial. You're the stress buster. You know, we talked yesterday 
about, you know, the keywords in branding you easily, right? I think you just go around saying you're the Henry Kissinger of dispute <laughs> resolution, and I think everybody will, and you don't even have to go into a courtroom, and I think everybody will hire you. I mean, there's no question. I mean, Henry Kissinger did some wonderful things. Yes, yes. In fact, uh, you know, the reason that many of our diplomats are uh, able to settle disputes today, look at the Irish... Uh, Catholic dispute, the uh, Protestant Catholic dispute. How was that settled? Because uh, the diplomats who were involved had a great deal of training and skill in these areas of mediation and dispute resolution. And it's uh, and I do believe that um, you know uh, President Obama is a graduate of my my alma mater, Harvard Law School, yep. and that's where he learned uh, negotiation strategies and techniques from some of the best in the world. Well, listen, we're soon going to have to take another commercial break. I want to share with you that I'm very proud in a very, very small way. I share some of your education, but I have to say it's in a very tiny way. I actually have a certificate from the Harvard Disputes Resolution Program from Harvard when I was in New York. I took it for a couple of months. All right. Well, you're very, that's very fortunate. That's a great... um, and I think that it's really helped me a lot in my own public relations business, particularly when it comes to crisis communications. But it's only a little infantile baby part of what you do. But I have an understanding of it. So Absolutely. We'll talk more about it in the next segment. And in the next segment, we are going to really talk more about estate, probate, elderly, which are the areas that, you know, family resolution, the areas that you specialize in. And I think everybody should stand by, hold on, and come back right after the commercial. Join us in just a few minutes. Thank you so much, Mayor. You're doing great. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At BR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. BR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn Saleability into profitability with the help of BR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.brpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. BR Public Relations. We do it all. www.brpublicrelations.com. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. 
If you've tried everything on the market and can't seem to get the radiant results you want from your skincare routine, it's time you stop shopping and start listening. Skin Health Today will help you take charge and start making smart choices for a lifetime of radiant skin and positive self-image. Join host Celeste Hilling and her esteemed panel of experts every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Skin Health Today on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call 866-472-5788. Let's get back to Stars of PR. Here's the host and CEO of PR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. We're back with Meyer Sankari. And listen, do you have a website so that people can look you up? S-A-N-K-A-R-Y hyphen, mediate, M-E-D-I-A-T-E dot com. And they can find um, articles that I've written and uh, many of the things that I'm doing. Like right now, I'm the president of Southern California Mediation Association, and I'm responsible for running the largest uh, mediators uh, professional group uh, in Southern California. It's the oldest and the, the longest. And I was chair of the conference that we put on, uh, which is, by the way, let me just uh, explain to the uh, audience that in this conference that I was responsible for last fall, we had some of the top neuroscientists of the world uh, talking to us about how the brain works in conflict and how we can get to better resolution. The whole new world of the brain science is becoming very, very um, prominent in our field by those uh, who take extra uh, educational courses in this field, and it helps us understand what's really going on because it is our brain, by the way, that uh, controls everything we do, <laughs> whether we like it or not. It is our brain. And um, so, for example, one of the leading researchers in the field at UCLA uh, came to talk to us about finding the biology of fairness. Now, there's a part of our brain that actually lights up when the issue of fairness is to be decided or judged by any individual. And um, that helps us because in any negotiated settlement, the parties are looking to end up with a fair deal or they're not going to sign an agreement, right? You're not going to you know, sign any agreement that you don't think is fair. Well, what is fairness? Well, some people have more of a fair you know, a fair circuit, a stronger fair circuit in their brain, and exactly. people don't. That's right. why you're there, right? <laughs> well, but there's a lot of um, just uh, chemicals that affect the brain. Let me just, uh, in the area of fairness, for example, if you serve uh, food and warm coffee, that actually lights up certain of the chemicals that will uh, lead the brain to feel more comfortable and willing to, uh, to find a fairness in a transaction where they might not otherwise have found it. <laughs> just, just things like food uh, can affect the biology of the way the brain will judge whether a deal is fair or not. Th- those are some of the interesting secrets that we're discovering about how people uh, deal with each other in negotiated uh, transactions that we can use to help, help people get to a resolution. 
But what I'd like to do also, Cindy, at this moment is to give a, a couple little warnings about uh, mediators. First of all, the world, you know, there is no regulation now in America. There might be in other places, but not in, in this country uh, of uh, regulating mediators. There are some states that do, but definitely not in California. There's no, like, like a bar association that regulates the uh, conduct of, of lawyers and has professional standards. There is none in California. Anybody could say they're a mediator. In fact, you know, you could say you're a mediator, and, and people would be willing to come and, and have you mediate their dispute, and you'd probably do a good job. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but there are a lot of people who are, uh, you know, opportunists. They call themselves mediators. I remember getting a call one time, a business owner said, you know, I'm not sure if this, is the, uh, this, uh, this guy says he's a mediator. Uh, and he, he called me up and he said, um, the, the, my customer who has a dispute with me said they're bringing in their mediator to mediate the dispute with me. And I said, that is not a mediator. If you're hired by one side, <laughs> if a mediator comes in is brought in as my advocate to, to uh, mediate the case, that's not a mediator. A mediator is not an advocate for one side or the other. Remember, the mediator is always impartial. And, all, and there are various styles of mediation. For example, there is what's called the facilitative mediator. That's someone who basically listens to the parties and just helps them dialogue. And they will have generally, an, uh, in the opening session in a mediation, they will have all the parties together in the same room and let them just duke it out. If they want to yell and scream at each other, well, that's what they bought the mediation for. So some mediators feel very uh, like they, they like to have people come in and just talk to each other right off the bat without uh, any preparation. That's like uh, scream therapy. It's a little bit, yeah, it is, and, and sometimes it works well in certain settings. It does work well. I've had, uh, you know, like a husband and wife who are still communicating with each other. They are willing to come in and talk to each other. Well, I'll definitely start the mediation with the two of them in the same room together. But in the field that I'm going to be talking about in a minute, which is the elder uh, family disputes, uh, the parties are so angry with each other that it is not wise to have them in the same room uh, when we start the mediation. Sometime during the day we may get together, but not to begin the mediation because they're so angry, and I have to work with them to try to uh, assure them that I'm helping them get through this and they, they can temper their uh, anger and their emotions. But so anyway, there are the uh, facilitative mediators, and then there are the evaluative mediators. And many judges, by the way, uh, another little secret is many, many judges are retiring early to get into the field of mediation. Um, many, many judges who retired um, over the past many years uh, just left the bench, and they actually treated um, the mediation process much like a settlement conference, which is not really a mediation. They use very strong-arm tactics. They tell the parties what they think the case is worth. They give their opinions in very strong terms. And they're winning. They're winning the money, and they're winning what they think is right. <laughs> right, not, right. Not the clients. Exactly. And so they, they really pressure people to, to come to a settlement. Uh, and, by the way, a lot of lawyers and insurance companies like to use ju uh, judges because they feel safe, that that's, the, that's what they feel comfortable with, of the, uh, the judge who will give their, his, opinion, his or her opinion about the outcome of the case. Whereas uh, a good mediator um, blends a number of these types of processes, both facilitating a discussion 
as well as when they're called upon to give some um, direction about where the options of the way case may cut, turn out, uh, then they're called upon based on their experience, their knowledge, their expertise to say, well, this case could turn this way or that way depending on how the facts may turn out in court. Because no one, no one, not even the most brilliant judge can predict the outcome of any case before it has been tried. Because no one can predict how the case will actually present itself, what evidence might come in. They don't know how the judge might think of it or interpret it. So one thing I want to make everybody realize in your audience today, when you go before a judge in a litigated case, that means with lawyers and a formal trial, you can never predict the outcome. It is a crapshoot. You can only, uh, you can say, well, this might, might be a likely outcome, or it's more likely this will be this way rather than another. But you can never know the actual outcome. And that's the, the hallmark of mediation. When you finish the mediation and you've signed the agreement, and there, here's where a very important role of the mediator. The mediator will assist the parties in getting to the terms. Now, we don't write the agreement, but we will help the parties make sure that most of the terms are covered, the basic terms, so that it will be an enforceable agreement, which means they can then, when they leave, they can feel that this, this matter will be enforced and they can put this behind them without any more expense. So that's the important thing is you need a mediator who have enough knowledge, expertise, and um, experience in knowing how to conduct these mediations so that the outcome is one in which they can rely upon, that they've got a solid agreement, that they can uh, rely uh, that the, the case is, uh, is resolved. So now I'd like to talk about the special area which is exciting for me and newly uh, emerging throughout the United States, and that is, you know, Cindy, that, there, that the um, elderly population, the aging population is going to be booming. <laughs> it is already, but there's going to be a tsunami uh, of uh, silver-haired people <laughs> over the age of 65 uh, with baby boomers coming into this age group. There's going to be a whole new uh, social problem for uh, our country as well as the rest of the world with uh, people living longer into their 90s, and even uh, people are going to be living into their 100s. Um, now you're going to have a whole new set of social problems, and the stress on families is going to be greater than ever before. And what do I mean by that? Well, there's going to be financial stress. How are people going to afford uh, the conditions of, uh, you know, will they make it through their older age and be able to pay and afford to live? Uh, secondly, there's the health problems. As you get older, there's always the deterioration, the physical deterioration. But more importantly, there's always some mental deterioration. Uh, I can tell you as I get older, uh, I can't remember things as well as I did when I was younger. Uh, I'm not demented yet, but it is. Good. We wouldn't want you to be a demented mediator, okay? No, no, you don't, you don't want a demented mediator. But I will tell you that many of the cases I'm now handling deal with elder parents who have some form of dementia. And it's a very subtle, complicated uh, deterioration of the brain. I won't call it a disease, but it is just a natural um, declining of the ability, the acumen of elderly people to make decisions. 
their executive part of their brain, the one that uh, tells them how to analyze things, to make decisions, to make judgments, it starts to deteriorate. And that's why elderly people become more vulnerable to scams and uh, preyed upon by uh, people who know how to take money away from the elderly. And unfortunately, many children also do that with their parents. They listen, listen. I'm sorry that I have to cut you off, but sure. the advertisers rule, and we have to come back after this sure. final set of commercial breaks. But um, I want to continue this, and you know, I'm really, really glad that you're talking about the meat of what you do, and I want to continue talking about that in the entire next segment, Maya. Okay. Okay. Looking forward to it. All right. So everybody, stand by. More with the Henry Kissinger of dispute resolution, Mayor Sankari, and stand by. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters. Hard Hitting Radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not. But she will answer your questions. Back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. We're back in our final segment with Maya Sankari. You know, we were talking about the meat of what you do. We have a lot of um, Twitter activity at C. Rakowitz. Um, and I want you to give your website again, Meyer, so that all of these people can, you know, 
can ask you the questions in person, perhaps maybe hire you to be their mediator. So go ahead and give it a shout. Sure. It's www.sankary-mediate.com. Okay, well, don't forget to give him a call then because I certainly can't answer all of these questions. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'll be happy to if they send me an email. They can send me an email at Meyer, M-Y-E-R-J, at Sankery.com, and I will be able to respond to them by email as well. Well, I think that you have to start a Twitter account. Yeah, <laughs> you'll have to teach me how to do that. <laughs> but, um, okay, let's continue to talk about your, your specialty area that you're spending a lot of time in. Sure. Uh, there's a new and developing specialty in the area of elder adult family disputes. And although this is an ancient uh, area from time immemorial, um, brother and sister from the time that uh, uh, the two brothers fought each other, Cain and Abel and uh, Jacob and Esau, uh, fought over uh, family rivalry, uh, it still is part of our human nature that uh, there are going to be disputes among family members about their parents and about the inheritances that they hope to receive someday. The problem is is that as parents are growing older and older, um, their resources are starting to be used up, and therefore children who were looking forward to an inheritance are now fearful that they won't have any inheritance because one or the other sibling might have taken an early inheritance by uh, persuading their parent to give them some money or to uh, have them transfer a deed to a house. And we see that I've had many of these cases uh, where this arises. The question comes in is to, uh, are these transfers, all these um, activities that happen with the uh, parent, are they legitimate and can they be um, enforced and or could they be overturned? In many cases, when a parent um, is seen to be given, seen to be uh, losing their acumen, they're not uh, taking care of themselves. Let's say a parent, uh, their spouse has died, they're living alone, uh, they start to deteriorate. Uh, you go visit them and you found the house is musty, they haven't showered, they haven't changed their clothes. You know that something is deteriorating. All of a sudden, a child comes over regularly and helps the parent. And lo and behold, the other child finds out that the parent has given one child the house, uh, which is perhaps the major asset of the estate. And they get very angry, and they think that the parent should be under conservatorship. What does that mean? Well, that means that the court can uh, order uh, a person to become the conservator, or what we call uh, in some states a guardian, to take over the affairs of the parent, either the uh, financial affairs or the personal decision-making of the uh, adult who has lack, lack of competency. Generally, there's a very expensive court proceeding to determine the competency of the elder adult, and that depends on the evaluation of the adult's capacity by a medical doctor who will evaluate that person. But it becomes very costly, as you can imagine, uh, having to... Uh, uh, dispute over whether or not a parent is competent and whether or not the rights of that parent are going to be taken away in two aspects. One is the financial, making financial decisions, and two, taking away the right of a parent to make decisions about their medical care or what they want to do. 
And many cases now are developing what to do when the parent's money is running out, the parent is now disabled or dysfunctional. Do you put them, what type of uh, assisted living facilities do you put them in? Can they afford it? Who's going to pay for it? How do you pay for it when there's uh, limited resources? And this creates enormous stress among the family members and, and many different opinions. And so I urge people to really think about this as their parents age and talk about these issues before they arise. There's a wonderful book out by a lady who has uh, been in the field. Um, her, she's a registered nurse, and she ran a, an extended care facility. Her name is Stella Henry, a wonderful woman who gave us a, a wonderful introduction to the many diverse issues of um, parents who are disabled or dysfunctional and are placed in nursing care or extended care facilities. She wrote a book called The Elder Care Handbook, Difficult Choices, Compassionate Solutions. Anybody who has a, um, an elderly parent who uh, is running through this problem should definitely get this book because it, it gives you an insight into the whole world of what happens when elderly people start to lose their competency and how to make decisions that are going to affect their lives and the lives of families forever. You know that uh, almost 40 million people in this country are caregivers of one type or another for an elderly uh, dysfunctional adult in this country, 40 million people. Wow. And the cost of this is enormous. They're not paid. These are family members who help out other older family members or disabled, uh, you know, uh, mentally disabled uh, people, uh, and they do this work uh, for free. But the stress caused on these caregivers is enormous. And naturally, they feel they should be compensated one way or the other, and um, oftentimes the parent will give them or agree to change their will and leave the house to the child that takes care of them. Well, this creates enormous confusion and um, and rivalry among uh, children who can't be there to help the parent out. So these issues have to be thought about and discussed, and sometimes just in the planning phase. Where I have another specialty is that in my 40 years of uh, practicing law, I've been an estate planner, and uh, I know the tools necessary for um, parties to have uh, to not only wills but trust, but also documents such as powers of attorney. Um, those are very important documents, and how they're prepared and who, do, who is going to be the uh, agent for making decisions for health care for a parent uh, can be very dis- uh, create many disputes among family members. And so you need somebody, if you're getting into these family disputes, you need to make sure you find a mediator who knows the problems, a vast array of multiple problems, the financial, the legal, the health problems, uh, what facilities are out there in the community to help the network of uh, many disciplines. And this last weekend, uh, we started an organization of which I'm now on the board of directors called ARMS, which is the Adult Resolution Mediation Services. And we gave our first major training to a limited number of 30 mediators who are experienced mediators in the field of how to mediate these very, very delicate, difficult, complex issues. Uh, so you'll be hearing more and more about this new area developing because more and more people are going to be facing 
what to do with their elder parent, and also the disputes that arise uh, relating to that. And so we are uh, developing a special category of trained mediators who are uh, who are learning from, for example, we had social uh, geriatric social workers who specialize in this field, who come up with care plans. Uh, that means that they analyze the needs of a parent, they make recommendations of whether they can live in the home alone, whether a professional caregiver comes in, whether some daycare person comes in to help them out, maybe once or twice a week, what other our resources are in the community, like uh, adult care centers where adults can go there and, and get food. Uh, so many complex problems, Cindy, that are arising now that uh, this will be uh, a major concern for our country of how to deal with the needs of the elderly. And I'm very proud of the fact that uh, Los Angeles is now on the cutting edge of having developed this specialty so that we can study the area. We're going to be uh, teaching about it. Um, we're going to require advanced training all throughout the year uh, in order to retain this uh, designation of being an arms-trained uh, mediator. And there are very, very few mediators who have been trained in this field. Many mediators say, well, they can do these kind of mediations. That's true. They know the process, but they don't know the subject matter and the content and the variety of possible solutions. And where a mediator can be very helpful is to know when to bring in experts, such as the geriatric social worker, such as a doctor who specializes in the field. Well, thank you so much. We're coming to the end of our okay. show, and I think that you got, uh, you had a lot to say. You certainly gave a very detailed explanation of your area of expertise, and I hope that Voice America Internet Radio brings you some more interested um, clients and people that you can help out, and I, we wish you the very best of luck with ARMS. I'm glad Southern California has somebody like you to take lead in something like this. So thank you for sharing the hour that was with Meyer Sankari, and maybe one day we'll have you on again. Thank, thank you, you so much, Cindy. I really enjoyed it. Okay. You take care. Have okay. a great week, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next Thursday and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 